Hey guys, thanks for joining me for another video. Today we're talking about love rituals in a marriage or intimacy rituals in a marriage. And rituals are those uh, routines that uh, you have created intentionally um, in your marriage that just um, reinforce your connection and reinforce your devotion and your love and communicate that love and devotion for each other. And as I read this chapter in uh, the book, Take Back Your Marriage uh, by William Doherty, uh, there it is. Um, I, uh, I have to admit, you know, I'm challenged. I'm personally challenged and uh, challenged to, uh, to do better at this uh, in my own marriage. And I'm just going to pass on the challenge to you guys. And again, maybe you've never really thought about this subject. I guess I don't really think much about it. Um, haven't thought much about it. There's just kind of habits that you develop, some positive and some negative in your marriage. And I've been forced to really think about it as I read through this chapter and I want to share them with you uh, and let the challenge pass on to you. So um, one of the things he talks about is, you know, in, um, in the West, you know, our marriages are not arranged. We, we feel like that's the better option and i agree you know i don't want i didn't i wouldn't want my parents to pick you know my bride but one of the challenges that comes from this that I'd, i've never really thought about was uh he says that if you think of it as like a, a pot of water you know you have this pot of water that's cold and you heat it up slowly and finally it reaches the boiling point okay and he says, in arranged marriages, the water starts off as a cold pot of water. It's, this couple doesn't know each other. They're just um, put together based on the thoughts and plans and intentions of their, of their, uh, their parents. And over time, they're, they're supposed to, in their engagement with each other, you know, their interaction with each other, and over, over the years, hopefully that relationship will, will become more intense and will heat up. But in America or in the Western world where we uh, choose our own mate, like it's like we start our relationship with the water at its hottest point. So the water's boiling when we get married. You know, we're feeling all of the eros and all of the phileo kind of love. And over time, what often happens in our marriages is the water cools down. And... So it's an interesting metaphor to think about, you know, was your marriage at one time a boiling, you know, um, hot water and now, you know, it's cooled off. And of course the challenge is, is why has it cooled off and does it have to remain that way? Of course, you know, there's no reason why with some effort and some intention and some agreement that the water can't get warm again. If, if couples in other parts of the world start cold and you know, and work up too warm. At one time we were warm and maybe we've gotten cold over the years. Can we get back to warm? Well, of course we can, or hopefully, you know, we can, if, if there's some agreement that there's a desire for that. So I think that's a good way to begin this chapter. Um, when he talks about love rituals, he says they're often kind of goofy things that wouldn't make sense to somebody outside your marriage. You know, like if you were in a long drive, for example, and you hold each other's hands on the drive and maybe at every hour, you know, you squeeze each other's hand to to say I love you with your hands, you know, and the other person squeezes the hand back a couple times, I love you too. Or maybe you say, hey, it's the dawn of a new hour, I, I still love you or whatever. Or, um, 
you know, any of these kinds of love rituals, they sound kind of goofy to people who aren't in the marriage, but that's okay. They're not intended for those who aren't in the marriage. Um, so you want to think about, you know, what, what do we, how do we communicate our love to each other in routine ways? And maybe there's some new ways that we could begin to initiate uh, saying I love you in maybe nonverbal ways or in, in other ways. Um, of course, one of the things he talks about is dating in the marriage, and we often kind of let that go to our own detriment. You know, we, we should continue dating uh, and not just go into movies or, or places where we're just sitting next to each other, but places where we can actually engage and talk and conversation and have an enjoyable conversation um, where we don't have to focus on all the problems. You know, we don't have to focus on all the logistic problems and the family problems and the health problems and all those things but we can actually just share you know information with each other it's kind of interesting to think about but you know like if you were to go out to lunch with a friend at work you talk about you know maybe you might talk about well what's it like you know your 30 getting getting to your 30th birthday or what's it like having two kids or what's it like moving from Colorado or whatever those subjects are but then in our own marriage sometimes we forget to have those basic conversations we're often so busy talking about logistic problems like getting kids to dance recitals and all that kind of stuff that maybe we don't sit and ask the questions like, hey, you just turned 50. What's that like for you? Or you just turned you know, 45. What's that like for you? Or uh, where do you, what do you hope to be doing in five years from now? That seem, might seem like kind of a strange question to ask your wife, but we ask our friends those kinds of questions. And you know, maybe we need to open up to some, I guess just treating your spouse like they're a person. I guess I'm kind of embarrassed to even say that, but you know, we get so familiar with our spouse. We get so familiar with our, our husband or our wife and, and we kind of like clam up like we either maybe we don't want to ask questions because we're afraid of what they'll say or we don't ask questions because, oh, we already know what they're going to say. We already know how they feel about that. We already know what they think about that. Or maybe we just don't want to pay attention. Maybe in this consumer-oriented world that we live in, we just don't really care. We just don't really want to pay attention. We want to just you know, focus on what we want or think about what we want to think about. Um, and just learning to treat each other like people again, like real people with real emotions, with real hopes and dreams, and just initiate those conversations again. And you really you can't do that when you're watching a movie. You, know, you can't do that when you're jogging together. Or you can't do that when you're out with friends, socializing. But there needs to be some time when we just sit maybe on a park bench or go for a walk around a lake or um, sit at dinner. And what is that? That's dating. That's what that is. That's dating. Doing something enjoyable and then having meaningful conversation and showing affection. And that would be so helpful to everybody's marriage if you could just begin there. No matter what the temperature of the water is in your marriage, whether it's boiling or whether it's it's gotten cold or whether it's just lukewarm, if we could just say let's you and I go out let's walk around the lake you know let's go out to dinner let's play putt-putt golf whatever laugh together goof off and then just have meaningful conversation and show affection of holding hands and you know um, th those kinds of things so good stuff he talks about sex as a love ritual and one of the things that's interesting is he points out that you know in the olden days maybe people were very prudish about sex and they thought like well if you know, it's bad, it's dirty, and you should only do it when you're trying to have a baby, you know. Otherwise, it's just, you know, they kind of look down on it, maybe. 
And then now in our culture, it's kind of reversed into uh, a very consumer-oriented expectation. Like, I deserve to be quote-unquote sexually fulfilled, and it's your job, you know, to make that happen. And so what that can cause is couples that think like, well, if I'm not in the mood for it, then we're not doing it. And his point is, is sex itself can be a love ritual in that it draws you back together. It brings you closer together. And it shouldn't just be, what can I get out of this? But is this something that's needed right now for the health and for the harmony in the marriage? So rather, I like to think of it rather than being a taker, uh, what would sex mean for you in your marriage if you thought of yourself as a giver? Because the, the culture around us kind of trains us to be takers. And um, what would your sexual relationship look like or what would it be, how would it be any different if you approached it as a giver and as a ritual that your marriage needs in order for you to maintain closeness? And he says, well, you know, sometimes people will say, well, we can't help it. We have different schedules or I'm a night owl. I don't like to go to bed at eight o'clock. You know, she wants to go to bed at eight o'clock or 10 o'clock. I stay up till midnight. And one of the things that, you know, you might counsel that couple is, well, why don't you go to bed at the same time? And then once the other person is asleep, then you could get up and, you know, go read your books or get up and do your, you know, bring your work home or whatever. But maybe make the going to bed together a ritual um, at least for 15 minutes or so, you know, lay down together, talk, hug, exchange information, whatever. And that might lead to a more intimate relationship. But then, you know, there's no, there's no reason why you couldn't get up and then after 15 or 20 minutes and then go back to whatever it is that you would normally do. And that, that might be a good beginning point maybe to help think of bedtime as a love ritual. Um, Let's see. Intimacy occurs when two people are open with each other in a way that is deeper and more vulnerable than the way we generally experience everyday life. Um, so I think, you know, we need to think of ourselves as friends, but remember that we're more than that. And intimacy, you know, you can have very strong love for somebody that you have zero intimacy with. Intimacy is the ways in which you demonstrate and show that love. And opening your vulnerable self up and sharing your heart, your thoughts, dreams, and hearing their heart and their thoughts and dreams. You know, your dad might love you, like he'd take a bullet for you, but maybe he'll never have those kinds of interactions with you. And so intimacy, if you're born after 1950, you know, in, in the psychological culture of our day, people long for intimacy. They expect there to be intimacy in the marriage. In fact, that's one of the reasons why couples often get divorced is because of a lack of intimacy. Intimacy is about sharing your heart. It's about sharing who you are and, and, and receiving that information back from the other person. And just because you love deeply doesn't mean you're very good at being intimate. And so that's something for you to think about and something to ask yourself, you know, how could I be more intimate or more open, you know, to intimacy in our relationship? Interesting thought. Understanding why intimacy is difficult in marriage is one of the most important things that we could learn. 
And so just because you're married, you know, it's weird that you can like sleep together and have this very personal, private relationship with each other, but then really not be very intimate in terms of like actually sharing hearts and actually sharing, you know, mind and heart. And so intimacy rituals can 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 help that, you know, leaving notes for each other or maybe pet names for each other. He talks about one couple, you know, that when there's going to be a plan for there to be a sexual relationship, you know, maybe the wife would light a candle in the bedroom as kind of like to signify to the husband that tonight's going to be a special night. That's an intimacy ritual. You know, that's something that's done that clearly communicates something within the confines of that marriage that only the husband would understand. That's that's a intimate ritual. And so it's an interesting concept and I think it's something that I need uh, I need to be paying more attention to. I need to be thinking about more. And uh, hopefully it will inspire you and provoke you in your own marriage to uh, begin thinking about maybe how often you take each other for granted and then what kind of rituals that you could experiment with and begin um, or maybe shoulder up and, and firm up to make them more consistent. There might be ways to help provide safety and security for your home. As always, guys, like, comment, and subscribe. Thank you guys for going on this journey with me. I'm bringing you the best information I can find on how to uh, succeed as a person, how to be present to life, and how to uh, be more engaged with your own marriage and more engaged with your family. Thank you, guys, and I'll see you next time.